Hey everyone, this is our Midweek Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. Everybody doing good? Yes, all right, let's do this thing. Uh, So glad that everybody is here, so glad that everybody's listening uh, right now, wherever you are. Uh, And again, this, um, this, this time is meant for um, for us to sharpen our leadership tools and our leadership skills. And uh, all of us are leaders. Again, all of us are leaders. We lead ourselves. We lead in our family. We lead uh, in different places. Uh, some of us have different leadership uh, components, meaning like um, you might be leading people or uh, you might be uh, responsible for some people or you might be responsible for uh, moving and guiding uh, in different areas, whether that's your job or family or whatever. Uh, and so leadership might look different to all of us, but the truth is we're all leaders, so that we we all have different leaderships. Even if you're just leading yourself, there is leadership involved in that. And then, uh, and, and also, uh, we all want to, hopefully, uh, if you're listening or you're here in the room, uh, all of us want to grow in our leadership. That, that's a pretty important component, just so you know. Your wanting to grow uh, is a huge, mo- it, it's a huge muscle that you need if you want to get better, because getting better doesn't happen unless you have some kind of fire that says, I want to grow. I, I, I want to get, I, I want to see myself uh, look, I, I can look back and see that I've grown from then to now. Uh, and I'm, I'm praying that all of us have that muscle and we want to have, and we have some kind of expectation that you're putting on this time uh, because that, that really does mean uh, so much because you can listen to something or you can just kind of sit here and kind of go through the motions and it not really affect you that much and you don't really get that much out of it because you're not really wanting to move forward. And so hopefully you feel uh, like, all right, I'm ready to go. I want, I want something out of this. And I promise you, if you want something out of this, you're going to get something. It could be even something that I'm not even meaning to talk about, but God is in the midst of this, and you're thinking about something, and you're wanting to grow, and you're and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you and opening up your heart, and you start hearing something from God at this moment, and then you start growing. So I'm praying that that happens in this moment uh, for everybody in the room, or if you're listening on a podcast right now, or Spotify, or whatever. Uh, let's pray, and let's jump in. Father, we thank you for this moment. Father, we We're putting expectation on this moment, God, that we can grow and that we want to grow and that we want to move forward in our leadership. Father, help all of us move forward from wherever we are to take steps to get better. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, I want to take, and and we'll probably do this uh, throughout the summer, I I wanted to go back. Um, There are some, uh, there are some foundational leadership things that um, I, I believe God put inside of my heart for our church uh, at the beginning of our church. And, uh, and sometimes, and, and anybody who's led for a while realizes this, sometimes you forget that um, we all need to be reminded of foundational things. Uh, this happens a lot in family. Um, because parents can say, I've told my kid 18,000 times 
to do this thing. But I guess I need to say it 18,000 times and one, you know, and and that is a leadership thing. That That's just because I've heard this said before, and it's so true that uh, that leadership leaks. That you can't just say one thing one time and expect it to always stay in there. And so uh, we need to constantly be saying these things over and over. And so I was reminding myself again, I was like, oh, Ben, you haven't talked about some of these things that are so vital and so important to uh, to the culture of our church. And so we're going to be going over those um, and then probably going back over them again and then probably reiterating them again to where everybody that has been listening to uh, this moment, whether uh, online or in the room, you're going to be like, man, I, I could get up and talk about that stuff. And about that time, I feel like, yes, we've won. This is this is good because I, I really want this to be in the fabric fiber of our church for all the leaders uh, in, in our church. So one of the things, and some of our staff have heard me talk about this for a little bit, so this is going to be a little bit of a, a review, but one of the things that we've talked about, um, and maybe some of you have heard this before, is um, the idea that uh, the eyes have it. And it's all about these words that start with the letter I. And I, I want to talk about these, um, these ideas because if we can have these, these seven different words in the fabric of who we are, I, I believe that we're running the right way unified as a church. And so they all start with I. So if you like that, if you're like, ooh, they're all, then you're going to really like this. If you don't care about eyes, then you don't care. Okay. Uh, first one is this one. Uh, introspective. Introspective. This is... Uh, this, these things that I'm talking about, this is how we want to lead. This is how you want to lead uh, in our environment. This is what we're striving for. Uh, and also, this is how you want other leaders to lead in your environment. Um, and so uh, these, in, in our church environment, we really value these seven ones. The first one we're talking about is introspective. Um, introspective is you look inside first if there's a problem. Meaning, as a leader, if you have this muscle of introspective, if you have an issue in your life, you do not look outside and say, well, it's because of this. It's because of this. It's because of this. You don't point at everyone else if something goes wrong, but you look at yourself first and try to fix the problem from within. So as a staff, as a, as a leadership staff team in our church, one thing that we're never allowed to say is we're never allowed to say, well, my team does not do this, or uh, they don't do, or they're never going. So, so a team could say, well, our worship team could never be there at this time because they're always late. No, we don't, we don't, we don't get to say that. What we can say is that I have not led them there yet. What that means is you put the onus on you as a leader first before you start pointing at, well, they don't do this and they don't do that. This is easy, easily seen in families where parents are like, my kid doesn't, my kid doesn't, my kid. Well, have you led them there yet? And we don't like this. This starts rubbing us the wrong way a lot of times 
because we love to put the responsibility on somebody else and say, that's why this thing isn't working right, instead of putting the responsibility back on us and saying, there's got to be some things that I haven't done right. Now, I get everybody has personal responsibility. So I'm not trying to say that nobody that you're leading, they don't have to have any responsibility and they don't need to change as well. No, they have their own personal responsibility too. But it's very easy to point outside the window and say, this, that's wrong and that's wrong and they're doing it wrong and they're doing it wrong. And I haven't done anything wrong, but it's all on everybody else. And as a leader, you cannot do this. You've got to have introspection. You've got to say somewhere, I might be doing this wrong. So you stop playing the blame game. And what this does is it helps you. Uh, also, um, when you have a good introspective muscle, you, uh, you're able to take control of the situations that are ticking you off. There are too many people that give so much of that control away to the situation that's really ticking them off because they give, oh, it's, it's on them, it's on them. They did this and they did that. What you're doing at this moment is you're giving away any control of change. For this situation to change, you're giving away all of the control because you're saying it's them, it's them, it's them. Well, you have no control over somebody else to change. So guess what? You're going to live in a world of perpetual uh, madness or ticked offness or disappointment or frustration or depression because you cannot control somebody else. What you can, what I can't control is our own growth. So when you have a good introspective muscle, guess what? Everything you come against You've got some kind of way to start seeing it change because you're like, I can change me. I can, I can do something better here. I can, I can say something better here. There's something here that I've been missing that I, I, can, can, I can forgive faster. I can give another chance better. I, I can look at this, and you know what? I haven't been as forceful as I need to be, or maybe I haven't backed off as much as I need to back off at this moment. Or you know what? I haven't been as good as communicator as I needed to be a good as communicator. There's all of these different things that you look through and you start seeing. I can be better at this. Then all of a sudden, now the frustration's starting to get a little lower because you're like, I got some growth to go through. Oh, and also a byproduct of this is really good leadership too. It helps you give grace to other people because you realize you got to grow. And so when you realize you got to grow, you're able to give some grace to other people and you're not always thinking that you're the person that has to drop the hammer on everybody else. This helps you also, introspective helps you to be self-aware. Not self-focused, but self-aware. And those are two different things. Self-focused is you see everything revolves around you. Self-awareness has this ability to say, ooh, this is how I'm coming across and I need to change. They're very different. And it's the difference when you understand self-awareness versus uh, um, self-focus, that you understand the difference between knowing yourself and coddling yourself. 
and introspective, that is the baby. That's the muscle that helps you. Ooh, I got some stuff. I got some stuff I can I, I gotta work on. Um, everybody with me so far? We're gonna keep going. All right. Uh, next one starts with I. Initiative. What things need to be just just so you know, this stuff that I'm talking about right now, this gets me pumped up. Like I like get so fired up about this stuff because I feel like this, this is like a, a cheat sheet to life. This is what I feel. I, I feel like it, it's so surrounded by scripture, and there's so many different things in here. I'm not going to break down all of it. But this stuff just gets me pumped. If you don't get pumped, that's fine. I just get a little excited when I'm thinking about these things because uh, when, when I'm thinking about uh, this introspective, but then I'm thinking about initiative. What things need to be done that you're not being told to do? This you, you want your uh, boss to be super happy with you, do things that you're not told to do. That, that, do things that you just see are broken right now and just fix them before you ask, it's, you're asked to fix them. Let's start things before they become a deadline. Because it's so much easier to pump the brakes on a leader than to push them and accelerate them into having to do something. Meaning, like, when people have good initiative, it's much more easier to pull back the reins and say, whoa, 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 stop, stop. Let's just, let's just hold on for a second. Then we can get some direction and go. It is so hard to get behind people and push them into doing what they need to do. When people do not have initiative... Here's the frustrating thing with being a leader. You are a leader and been put in a position of leadership probably because you have some initiative, just so you know. You have some initiative somewhere, and you got put in that position. The frustrating part of being a leader is that you're usually uh, you're leading some people who don't have that initiative like you have that initiative. And that can frustrate the tar out of you because you're starting to why don't you see this because I see it so easily and I see all of these things that need to be done and I see all these things that need to happen and and why aren't you seeing it? It, it, it is because they have not developed an initiative muscle yet they are so used to people are if they don't get this people are used to uh, they're used to being told what to do. They are more comfortable with being robots. They're more comfortable with turning off their brain and saying, you be my brain for me and do all the things for me and tell me all the things that I need to do and I'll just sit and do and do and do. And listen, that can be so frustrating and it will burn leaders out. So you want to build a team and you want to be a person that has initiative. And, and one of the best ways that I've seen where initiative can grow is you just need to keep talking about it. Where's your initiative? Did you see this? Why didn't you see this? Why, why, didn't, you, why didn't you start doing this before I brought this to your attention? And a lot of times people are stopped for a lot of different reasons. They let perfectionism stop them from starting initiative. They let fear stop them 
from starting and having initiative. So you got to attack these. Uh, these are all. Um, these are all things that will kill your initiative. So if somebody has perfectionism, you got to start working in there and saying, "Hey, it's okay to mess up. It's all right." In fact, I would like you to mess up and try to get moving more than not mess up and not move at all. And you got to like help everybody be okay with that. And and on the other side of that too, be okay with failing. Because it's fear a lot of times that stops people from having initiative too. And so if people are okay with failing, uh, meaning like if they make a big mistake and then you come and just drop the hammer on them and say, I can't believe you did that. Oh, my God. Well, you might unintentionally be telling them, don't ever do something unless you know you can do it perfect. And we all don't like, listen, I know that we don't like people messing up and we don't like, you know, people like, I'm not saying that, you know, just, oh, let everybody do whatever you want, you know, and just let it all be the Wild West. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that there has to be a space where people are feel okay with, like, moving forward and having some initiative. Um, also, don't let laziness stop you from starting. There, just, just so you know, there might be straight-up laziness that people aren't moving. And the only way that you can get people to move if they're lazy, is you just need to talk about it, which is super uncomfortable. You know, it doesn't feel awesome, you know, when you're talking about that. But there, there are people that just, they haven't ever been told, oh, that's actually you just being lazy. And we need to work on that. And, and laziness isn't something that will, um, uh, laziness will stay in somebody until you start calling it out. Say, man, work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. It's, it's, it's okay. And on the other side of that, understand that you can't get somebody who works hard, work hard, work hard, work hard, and think that if I work hard, then I'm going to get somebody else's approval. I'm going to get God's approval or uh, that because that's a whole nother mess of stuff. So as a leader, you got to be watching all of that. But we need to have initiative. Don't wait for the starter's pistol, just start running. And, get, and, and, and it's okay. That's, that's, that's okay. All right, third one, inclusive. Anybody can do a job, but we want to bring others with us. We never think what. We think who first. So when we talk about stuff that's happening in our church and in our environment, we do not think about what needs to happen first. We think about who can be a part of this first. And if we start putting the what above the who, then what happens is it starts becoming just a few amount of people doing a whole bunch of work. And we're not inclusive. Who can I bring into the fold? Every job for our staff, every job that we have, we have is first and foremost about developing people and discipling people. It's never just about the job. It's about who can be involved. So in our church, in this environment, it is always about who can I bring on? Who can I bring? This is great in any, um, in any business because if you have somebody who can develop people, what happens is they always will have a place in 
any environment in any organization because they're always bringing and being able to develop people. If you have somebody who can just do a job, that's good, but they have a lid pretty soon because they can only do this thing. But if you can find somebody who can develop people and if you can have somebody who can really gravitate uh, a bunch of people to them and bring a, a group of people around them, now you've got some force because now they have a group of people and we all know you can do a whole bunch more with a whole bunch of people, but it starts with being inclusive. So you start thinking about, I, no, I, I just not about just getting this job done. It's about who I can bring along with me. Who is my team? Who are the people that can walk around with me? Who are the people? It's it's not about just somebody who can take pictures, or it's not just about somebody who can serve in kids' area. It's not just somebody who can be in a friendly face in the lobby, or who can set up, or who can tear down. Who can we find that has the ability to grab a bunch of people and says, hey, Let's, let's bring this group together. Inclusiveness is so important to the fabric of our church. But if we start just getting about the job and we just start getting about, well, if we, if we just got to knock this thing out and knock this thing out and knock this thing out, and it's all about the what, it's never about the who, all of a sudden we've got a few amount of people who do a whole bunch of stuff and they get bitter and burned out. And, that's, and it happens over and over and over again. And unfortunately, if we, uh, we don't get better at being inclusive, you start realizing that, oh, I'm the one who's just doing all of the different things instead of giving so many opportunities to so many other people who want to serve, who want to lead, who want to be a part. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying our, our, our church is uh, perfect at this. We're, we constantly are working on our organizational skills so we can bring more and more people uh, and, and uh, make sure that there's more and more ways for people to get involved. Um, but it is always about who first, not what. Uh, what are we on, four? Okay, four. Okay, uh, instructional. We delegate, but we don't dump. This is really important. We don't just throw a job at somebody and say, sink or swim. Let's see what happens. This is the easiest way to turn off a bunch of great leaders to being a part of your organization if you don't give them the right instruction. We all hear, uh, we've all heard that before, said if you want a job done right, do it yourself. We've all heard this, right? And it's mostly by the really great people who are really good at doing jobs. And so they will say it. They will say, if you want a job done, well, I just do it myself. This is what we're striving for as our church. If you want a job done right, teach better. If you want a job done right, teach better. If the thing isn't getting done the right way, there's probably a kink in your instructional hose. There might be some things that you just get, you've been blessed with some amazing gifts, and you just get it. Like, you, there, there are things that you just get. No one had to teach you. No one had to sit down with you. You just got it. 
And a lot of times as leaders, those same things that we just got, no one had to tell us, no one had to teach us, we expect, the sa- we expect everybody else to just get it just like that and just to uh, like not be taught just like that. And I want to tell you, it's just not fair to put that expectation on people. And it will get you frustrated and it will get them frustrated. And so you have to build an instructional muscle that is so strong that you're able to lay out all of these different things. Let me show you. If you want a job done right, teach better. Have patience. Don't let the only communication you have with people be about how they have done it wrong. A lot of times we we lead with the only time that I'm going to sit down and give a lot of communication to somebody is when they're doing something wrong. But maybe, maybe if we change the way that we communicate with people, And we say, okay, I'm going to give you a lot of communication because I'm going to try to teach you something. I'm going to try to instruct in this way. That will help some some people, and that will help them. And even if you're giving them some feedback, you're able to uh, give some feedback, but it's also laced with this way of trying, I'm trying to teach you something. I'm not trying to come down on you. I'm trying to teach you something, and and, and that will help you be instructional. Also, talking about feedback, don't let your inability to take feedback dictate if you give it or not. Because some of us don't like feedback because we don't like feedback. We don't give feedback. I've also found that people that get that uh, a lot of people that really like feedback also really don't mind giving feedback. So it, it really does work both ways. So if you want to grow and if you want to change and you're asking um, and building that ability, I think you get more used to giving feedback because you want to learn you want to grow one of the best ways this is a little side thing on instruction one of the best ways to um, grow as a leader is ask your your boss or ask somebody that you trust or ask somebody that you um, would ask for um, some wisdom or something ask them hey what do you think I could do better such an easy question to ask but so many of us don't want to ask that because we don't want somebody messing in our world. What could I do better? What do you think I could do better? I asked our team this. Um, it was a while, a little while ago. I we had that uh, meeting, and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to ask you guys something." And this was all of our staff team. I said, "What is the one thing if you could have me change as your boss? What would you want me to change?" And it got so uncomfortable in the room so quickly because no one was like, I don't know if I like this. But as we started talking, I started realizing, oh, I could do this better. I'll still I'll tell on myself one on one of them. Uh, I, I remember I still remember Chris's. I'm still working on this one. I'm still trying to get better at it. And I'm th- so thankful for your grace. Uh, she, she was like, please, if we could try not to have as many hallway meetings and have more like setup meetings so I could really write down what we need to be and what we need. Anybody who knows me knows like, ooh, that's Ben. That's totally Ben. Uh, because I just get excited about something. I'm like, hey, let's talk about this. Blah, 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 blah. And I'll build a whole thing in about 40 minutes. And everybody's like, ooh, 
big swerve. Okay. Um, and so I'm trying to get better at that. But I didn't know until I asked. And then, and then I got some good feedback, and then I was like, okay, this is good. This is, so now I can, I can grow. And I want to get more and more comfortable with that. And the better leaders are real comfortable with that kind of thing. It's just, it, it just because they all want to grow, and they all want that instruction. Um, and, and, and also, be okay, like, um, this, is, this is just, uh, it's kind of off the subject of instructional, but just, just go with me just for a second. Be, be okay with being told what to do. And, and know that everybody is not your peer. This, this, uh, this sometimes seeps into people where everybody thinks that everybody is their peer. Not everybody is your peer. And be okay with just, be, just being able to take some direction. And just, all right, I'm going to go do this. And, uh, and, and that, that helps in building this instructional uh, muscle um, and, and understanding authority. I go on and on. I'm not going to. I've gone way over. I'm going to go fast on these last three as much as I can. All right. Uh, I know. Uh, yeah, we could do it next week, too. Yeah, we can, we can do this. Um, I will keep going because I'm just going to go fast. All right. Uh, last three, and then, um, and then we'll, we'll probably hit this again. All right. Uh, last three, um, instinctive. What we do, and I'm talking specifically as a church, what we do as a church needs to be an instinct. If you want, if you want to have great leaders and great team, uh, one of the muscles that they need is instinctive leadership, understanding what we are as a church without being talked about or said or anything. Let, let me, a uh, prime example is if we had something that we had to do as a church, the instinctive thing would come out of our team would be like, let's build a team. That would be the instinctive move at that moment because we know what our culture is. Uh, it's not just a teaching point. It's not just a good thought. It instinct acts almost without thinking. It's compelled to do something, and it actually feels natural to do it. Um, another thing, instinctual would be uh, if you saw something, uh, if this, I'm just using our church as an example, on our team, if somebody saw something broken, they would not run it up the flagpole. They would just fix it right then. Then later they'd go back, who's supposed to own this? Um, it would be, uh, I, I saw this not too far uh, long ago. Um, uh, there was like a, a big like spill in the lobby or something. Somebody spilled something, da 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 da. And uh, I saw Luke Wilson out there cleaning it. It was on Sunday morning. He's our worship pastor. He's like, he's about to like lead all of us in worship. He's out there cleaning. Why? Because if something's broken and something needs to be fixed, it doesn't matter whatever your job description is. It just matters. Let's fix it. Then we can go back later and say, do we have a system for this or a team for this or who does this kind of thing? That's instinctual leadership. Uh, the next one is innovative. It's not what you, we don't have. It's what we have. Innovation. So many times we can stop our leadership by saying, well, I don't have that. 
we don't have the money, we don't have the resource, we don't have the time, we don't have the people, we don't have the... No, no, stop that and start thinking about what do you have? What do you have? What, what things do you have in this moment? Start thinking through those things, and then what starts to happen is you start to become innovative. And you start making things out of nothing. These are the leaders that they don't stop when there's a little bit of a wall in front of them. And they don't stop when they're... We don't want leaders that at a speed bump say, oh, I can't drive anymore. Do you see that? It's right there in front of me. I can't even move. Go over it. Just slow down. Right? We, that's how we would all say it, but... There's a lot of our leaders that a lot of times they don't have this innovative muscle. They don't think, what do I got? What can I, can I still move forward? Can I still, oh, yeah, I just need to slow down a bit. And then I can just go over it. It's good. It's no big deal. I can do that. And you start getting innovative. And after a while, you start getting used to going through roadblocks and going through different things because you're innovative, because you've realized, what do I have? What do I have in my hands? Uh, the last one is inspiring. Can you rally people to a vision? We always need to inspire people to see something bigger than themselves. Why do we come to church? Why? Because it's the thing I've done forever? Uh, because I have some good friends here, because I feel like this was a nice place to go after my last church was mean. Uh, all of these reasons, there might be some good pieces of that, but it's not enough for a vision to like really rally somebody to say, why are we here? I'll, I'll tell you why we're here. We're here because we want to make sure that every story matters. There are people's lives, they feel like they don't matter. And there are people that are dying and going to hell because they have no relationship with God at all. And they think that the only thing that they have is this life here on earth, and they'll do whatever they can do to try to make it the best they can, and then poof, that life is over. And we are here to tell them that is not true. You are an eternal being. You will live forever in eternity somewhere, and we want to make sure that you understand that God knows your story, loves you, and you have a plan and a purpose in your life. That is why we're here. We're not here to be a Christian country club. We're not here to be a place that just makes everybody feel good and happy about being their Christian selves and, and clapping everybody on the back and all that. That is not our main purpose. Our main purpose is to make sure that people who were far from God can come back and have a relationship with him again. And understand that their story plays an important role, not just for themselves, but for so many other people. And if we have a hard time communicating that vision, we're going to have a hard time inspiring people to be a part of what we are as a church. And so we need to do this. As I'm reading this, I'm thinking more and more. I need to talk about this more and more and more. And if you want to be inspiring, you have to make sure that you're able to paint a picture. And, and before you ask people to be a part, you, you better be ready to paint a picture of what this thing is. We always need to remind people of why they're doing this. 
our why being really strong comes from inspiration. Uh, I, I say this for our team a lot. Inspiration comes before per, perspiration. You, you got to inspire before you want people to work. This is, this is why we have huddle on Sunday mornings at 8.30. It is not just another little meeting. It is meant so everybody rallies and says, I got up earlier this morning to serve in my church because there is one person that's going to walk through these doors that's going to meet God for the first time. There is one person that is walk. There is one person that is gonna that is gonna come to this church because they saw an Instagram post. That's why I'm working hard on this graphic. That's why I'm taking this picture. There is somebody who is gonna gonna get ignited by what God is doing in their life by coming to this connect group. So that's why I'm cleaning up my house right now. That's why I'm organizing everything together. That's why I've sent out all these invites. That's why I've got all this food. Because I'm making sure that people will feel right at home when they come to my group. And it, you just you kind of go down the line of why I'm doing what I'm doing. In our kids' ministry, why are we doing? What are we doing? You, you are making a place that is so great for everyone's kid that when they drop off their kids and go into worship, they're not thinking, is my kid sad? Is my kid loving this? Uh, do they want to leave? They're thinking, I'm so, and they're thinking, I'm so glad that they get to be back there and they get to focus on their relationship with God right now. And you do that as a, as a kid's leader. They, they, this is, again, another way of just this is inspiring. And it helps us to be the leaders that we need to be. So those are the seven things. Hopefully, uh, we'll keep talking about them, keep building them. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this moment. Thank you for this time. And Father, we're praying that you help us be the best leaders that we can be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.